Hey guys, welcome back to Recalibrate, a mindset podcast designed to help you break free from those things that are getting in the way, from you becoming everything that God has called you to be, from self-defeating beliefs, faulty thought processes, mental constructs, strongholds, paradigms, stinking thinking, (laughs) you name it, it will be addressed from a biblical and psychological frame of reference in an effort to help remove the veil or the scales from your eyes so that you can see who you truly are in him and press on in the direction in which you will find the greatest significance and fulfillment. This is all about something that is greater than you. It's amplifying your perspective of who you are in Christ, not in the world, not what the world says, but who he says that you are. (laughs) You got to put your past behind you. Look, kid, bad things happen and you can't do anything about it, right? Right. Wrong. When the world turns its back on you, you turn your back on the world. When life gets you down, you know what you got to do? I don't want to know what you got to do. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Like so many things, it is not what is outside, but what is inside that counts. You've got the makings of greatness in you, but you gotta take the helm and charge your own course. Stick to it, no matter the squalls. Now you remember, Deanna, that that old star can only take you part of the way. You gotta help along with some hard work of your own, and, and then... Yeah, you can do anything you set your mind to. You must be imaginative, strong-hearted. You must try things that may not work. You must not let anyone define your limits because of where you come from. Your only limit is your soul. Did any of those clips resonate with you? Did you have flashbacks of your childhood? Well, if you are in your 30s, well, perhaps it was your childhood that you remembered, but not for me. I remembered when I was sitting there in the movie theater with my oldest son, who is now 30 years old, when he was a kid. Now, had I played a clip from Bambi, for instance, well, I would have had flashbacks of my childhood sitting in the movie theater, you know, watching Thumper criticize uh, Bambi because she couldn't stand up straight. And Thumper's mom saying, Thumper, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Like I remember, I remember those clips because they were pivotal in my life. And so these clips that I just uh, played for you, those are little important clips from each one of the movies. They're like motivational, uh, inspiring little clips. And so you probably remember, you know, sitting there in the movie theater, maybe playing it on your TV. Every one of those, you know, movies is, is leaves a deep lasting impact on our lives. It doesn't matter what the movie is. It could be Bambi, Aladdin, could be in uh, The Lion King, you know, who, who, who can remember Hakuna Matata? I mean, come on, you, you remember the songs. And if you ever hear them uh, on the radio, you know, it takes you back to that day. Whatever the movie is, 101 Dalmatians, whatever it is, whatever the movie, whatever impacted you the most, it, it's imprinted in your mind. And so back then, I remember that there was a lot of buzz going around about subliminal messaging within Disney movies. And, and a subliminal message is, I don't know, you know, the easiest way to explain it is it's a, it's a signal or a message that has been designed to pass below the normal limits of your perception. For example, it might be inaudible to the conscious mind, but 
audible to the unconscious or deeper mind, or might be an image transmitted briefly and unperceived consciously, and yet perceived unconsciously. And so an example is uh, back in the day, it was said that in the movie theaters, alongside the screens, they would leave about, I don't know how many inches or how many feet uh, on each side. And while you were watching the movie, they were, they were showing clips, very fast clips of food and drinks that you could not perceive uh, with your, let's call it your human eye or your conscious mind. You could not perceive it because it was traveling so fast. But your peripheral vision, and in this case, your subconscious mind, was picking up on all those things. You've heard me talk about the subconscious mind in other episodes and how the subconscious mind is uh, and its programming is what uh, defines uh, your behavior. And you, you, you probably heard one of the episodes where I mentioned that after you know 30 or 33 years of age, everything that you do is based on the programming of your subconscious mind. It's kind of like when you're driving back from work and... Uh, and you, you pull up in your driveway and you ask yourself, how did I get here? I don't remember, you know, stopping at the stop sign or the traffic light. I don't remember the traffic or I don't even remember the route that I took to get here. But nonetheless, your subconscious mind has already been programmed. Why? Because you've been repeating that same pattern over and over and over again. In this case, the pattern is the same street, the same lights, the same stop signs, Perhaps even the same cars because you get out at the same time from work and you head over to your house. And so the subconscious mind has been programmed just as children's minds are programmed, especially between the ages of 0 and 11. And this is why it's so important to safeguard their minds and their hearts. Keep in mind that the gateway to the heart is the mind, and the gateway to the mind are the eyes and the ears. And so safeguarding them, especially during those first pivotal years, is very important. One of the most popular examples of subliminal messages are those messages that are played during your sleep. They're called paraliminals. And there are paraliminals for all types of situations for people suffering from anxiety or depression or those who want to lose weight or increase their vigor, you know, have more energy. There are all kinds of paraliminals that activate, you know, your mind when you are in somewhat of a hypnotic state. And so an example would be if you've ever watched that episode uh, from Friends, the episode where Chandler tries to stop smoking by listening to these hypnosis tapes. Uh, yeah, back then the tapes, <laughs> hypnosis tapes at night. But he ends up listening to the wrong ones, and therefore he wakes up thinking that he is a strong, confident woman. <laughs> I know, funny, but it's true. Whatever you repeat to the subconscious mind, it will believe. The subconscious mind has no filter. Once again, whatever you repeat to it, it will take it as truth, as legitimate truth. And the rest of your being will follow suit. And so, whatever you tell it, and therefore it's so important that you be very cautious when speaking to that one person that you speak to the most. Who is it? Who do you speak to the most? Well, you speak to yourself the most. And so you have to be really cautious that you don't spew self-defeating words or self-sabotaging ideas. You've got to be extremely intentional, disciplined, and consistent about identifying those 
mental constructs or paradigms that you're repeating over and over and over again. Keep this in mind that you can't just undo a thought process. It's there. It creates a rut, a, a neural pathway, a trail in your mind. All you can do is replace it, reconceptualize it. That's all you can do. And how do you do that? Through repetition. Okay, so let me get back to Disney. Let me get back to the whole idea of subliminal messaging in Disney movies. This was back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s when books were even written about uh, you know, subliminal messaging in Disney movies. And if you go and you, you Google it, you watch some of the YouTube videos, you will find a plethora of, of information and videos that depict... Uh, those hidden messages within Disney movies, whether they're visual or auditory. And, uh, and once again, you may tell yourself, well, but if I can't see them, you know, unless someone points them out, you know, does it really affect me? By all means, <laughs> it does affect you. It affects you. It affects your children. Now, these days, subliminal messaging is kind of something of the past. Yes, there are some companies that still use that approach. But nowadays, everything is in your face, up front. It is undisclosed, uncovered, unveiled. It is intentional. It is repetitious. It is aimed at rewiring the human mind. I want you to listen to the following excerpt. This is the top leadership at Disney, the current top leadership at Disney. I want you to listen how how intentional they are about pushing their LGBTQIA2S+. <laughs> yes, yes, they keep on adding letters and numbers and symbols. LGBTQIA2S+, how they're pushing their agenda. I want you to listen to this. Listen carefully. Here is a mother of, of two queer children, one transgender child and one pansexual child. You know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. We don't have enough narratives in which gay characters just get to be characters. This goes to show you what the plans are for Disney. They're going to start to incorporate more LGBTQ whatever uh, type of characters in these films. The list of demands never ends. And when they're done with this victim group, which is the LGBTQ lost victim, group right now. You move on to another one. Right now, the enemy is straight people. For a moment there, the enemy was men, but now we don't care about women either. Let's just put the transgenders in the sports. You try to keep up with all the new words and all the new pronouns and all the new ways to identify, and then there's a new one. Nothing that you do will ever be good enough. They will always find an injustice, and that's why we can't allow this to happen with Disney. So that was a top executive at Disney, one that makes decisions for the content that is going to be produced and sent out into media. She was uh, explaining how she has two queer kids, two queer children, one a transgender, the other one a pansexual, and that uh, everyone within Disney felt that uh, the queer community was underrepresented uh, and therefore they were going to start to include uh, a whole lot more characters that represented the LGBTQIA2S plus community. And uh, she went on to say that their goal was to have at least 50% of Disney characters represent this, this uh, the ABC people, as I, as I call them, because they keep on adding those letters. And so they want them represented. And as you probably know, if you've been following the news 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he took a stand against the uh, the sexual indoctrination of children in public schools. Yet the Walt Disney Company is pushing back, believe it or not. March 28, DeSantis signed uh, a bill. It's called the Parental Rights and Education Bill, where the bill forbids instruction about sexual orientation and gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. I think that's ludicrous. I mean, so what you're saying is, and, and I know that, you know, they're, they're, they're doing this to, to protect the minds of the little ones, but I mean, come on, a fourth grader? So starting in fourth grade, they can actually start to indoctrinate them and basically tell them that they can change their gender if they want to. Oh, but you can't do it in uh, kinder through third. That's great, but you shouldn't be doing that, period. And so many parents are course, elated over DeSantis's, uh, you know, principled stand against sexual indoctrination. But Disney has condemned the bill, called for it to be repealed, and vowed to increase the number of homosexual and transgender characters in its programming. I mean, they're calling it the, the bill, they're calling it the don't say gay bill. And they say that it should never be passed and should never be signed into law. The Walt Disney Company said in an official March 28th statement that they posted on Twitter, our goal, now listen to this, if you have children under the age of, I don't know, let's 11, let's say 11, I, I would even say even, you know, teenagers, but if you have children, I want you to listen. This is what they put uh, on Twitter. Our goal as a company is for the law to be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts, and we remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that. We are dedicated to standing up for the rights and the safety of LGBTQ plus members of the Disney family, as well as the LGBTQ plus community in Florida and across the country. Unbelievable. Disney is also eliminating all mentions of ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, at, at the theme parks to push forward its not at all secret, as they put it, not at all secret gay agenda. So basically, Disney has surrendered to the woke mob and it's using its platform to indoctrinate or potentially indoctrinate the children of America into becoming woke activists of tomorrow. Kidneyed entertainment, that is a refuge from this crazy culture. Entertainment where they can be entertained with just great stories and fun characters. And parents should have the confidence that their children are seeing and hearing stories that are good and true. Walt Disney himself in several occasions said that the most important lesson he had learned was that goodwill always triumphs over evil. Today's Disney? Come on. <laughs> it promotes a full spectrum of lifestyles that rarely align with any biblical values, any biblical principles. It's been said before, and it bears saying it again. Walt would turn over in his grave to see what his beloved company has become. Disney recently announced that in their new uh, Toy Story spinoff, I believe it's called uh, Lightyear, they have already reported that there will be a gay kiss in the movie. Now, the question is, why is that even necessary? Well, the answer is simple. Let's indoctrinate the kids early on. Let them see this at age three, four, and five when they're the most impressionable. And let's start to wire it in their subconscious minds. Let's start to, let's start to create 
a sense of normalcy. And so as this image or idea, ideology, philosophy is repeated over time, it's simply accepted as normal, as truth, and it's never questioned. Once again, their agenda, their agenda is not a hidden one. It's not a subliminal one. It's an obvious one. It's an in-your-face one. During their meeting at Disney, the top executives, uh, the television animation executive producer Latoya Ravino gushed about Disney's inclusivity and boasted about adding queerness to shows and productions. Just as I mentioned earlier, she said, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to my not-so-secret gay agenda. Wherever I could, I was adding queerness. No one would stop me, and no one was trying to stop me. There is more, definitely more, to Disney's iconic brand than just fairy tales, frozen sequels, (laughs) and incredible theme parks. Disney is going woke and advocating left-wing social justice issues. The public, the public is only now seeing the solid evidence. Now, I do want to say this. Disney is not the only organization that has an LGBTQIA2S plus agenda. There are several organizations out there, and they have targeted your children. They have targeted the next generation. They've targeted those between 0 and 11. They're the most impressionable. They're the most programmable. I mean, just think about it. Do you know the average age in which a child is exposed to pornography in the United States? It's 11. Yes, 11. 75% of all children, 11 years of age, 11, 12 years of age, are exposed in some form or fashion to pornography, whether it is directly or indirectly. And you don't have to you don't have to search way too much to find it. Just go to the mall. There is soft porn in some of the displays, some of the billboards. Uh, there's, there's a lot of soft pornographic material out there that kids are being exposed to early on, and therefore it becomes normal to them. Now, if you haven't heard the episode on pornography and how pornography rewires the brain, you might want to listen to it. It's very interesting, and, uh, and it really... Uh, gives you a a very ample perspective of what happens when a mind is exposed to that kind of garbage. But let me just say this: you know, education is the easiest form of indoctrinating a child. Why? Well, because they're in a classroom for eight hours. You know, even the Bible says it says that a student is not above the teacher. But in due time, the student will be like the teacher. Yes, you've heard me preach this over and over and over until I'm blue in the face because I am passionate about an education that includes a biblical worldview. If you are a secular teacher, a public school teacher, I applaud you. You have a difficult task. And I'm sure that if you're listening to this podcast and you are a public school educator, well, You are trying to become a better person to add value to the lives of children, but you are the exception to the rule. There are a lot of teachers in 
public school classrooms and also in charter schools, don't be fooled. Charter schools are full of them as well that have an agenda. I mean, just think about it. If you're sending your child to a school and you really don't know the teacher and the teacher has ideologies and philosophies that they profess because they believe in this queer movement, they're going to see everything and every subject through the lens of queerness, through the lens of LGBTQ. And so that is how they're going to teach. It's like sending your kids off to a religious school, a Christian school. Everything is going to be taught from a biblical frame of reference. But you know that for a fact, and that's why you place kids in that type of environment. But when you take them to a different school, a secular school, you think that all they're being taught are the subjects, that they're meeting the standards. Well, there's a little more than that. Listen, listen to this teacher that talks about how she shares her ideologies and philosophies with her elementary students, children as young as six years of age. And she talks to them explicitly about uh, gender. Now listen to this. I teach my elementary school students about gender identity. Learning about gender identity helps children develop critical social emotional skills such as self-awareness, social awareness, and respect. I teach my students that there's a whole spectrum of gender identities and that everyone, whatever their gender, deserves love and respect. Some people are girls, some are boys, some are both, some are neither. Gender is all about how we feel on the inside and how we express ourselves. The most important thing I teach my students is that it's our job to listen to and learn from people when they share with us who they are, and that we need to use the name and the pronouns that people ask us to use when we refer to them. This is just one of many teachers that wake up every morning with a purpose. Not a good one, by the way. They wake up with an agenda, an agenda that they go straight into the classroom to impart, to make effective. The agenda is the LGBTQIA2S plus agenda, the queer agenda, the woke agenda. And this could be happening without the parent's consent 99.99% of the time. And everything that is taught within the classroom is taught from that worldview, from that perspective, from that frame of reference. I mean, think about it. Years ago, I remember, you know, I spoke about my son who's now 30, my oldest, when he was when he was a child. I remember that one of the only shows that uh, I would allow him to watch when he was in the uh, lower years of elementary, one of them was Blue's Clues. It was an educational program, cute little blue dog, and uh, there was a lot of learning. They did history and math and just a lot of different subjects. It was it was fun. It was engaging. Uh, it, it was a great show. I mean, whatever happened to Blue's Clues? Well, Blue's Clues went woke. I mean, I found this out less than a year ago. I found it out as I was going through the channels one day and I came across Blue's Clues. Well, Blue's Clues, after their little introduction, their, their typical Blue's Clues song, their intro, they went straight into their woke agenda. Let me just play a piece of what I what I was exposed to for a few minutes. And let me tell you, this is the voice of a drag queen that is singing an quote-unquote educational song for kids. Uh, just listen. Families marching three by three, hurrah! 
each other so proudly and they all go marching in the big parade. Baby blue, pink, white represent transgender people and black and brown represent the queer and trans people of color. Yeah, sure, you're all in this together. Well, don't count me, my children, or grandchildren in this whole movement. We are living in the most precarious times right now. It's it's a cultural war, a war of philosophies, ideas, ideologies. And the target, well, the target are children. The younger, the better. The most impressionable of minds. And if... This culture manages to impress them with their ideas. They will forever change a society. This is a time in which you as parents cannot, cannot put your guard down. You have to double up on your efforts to guard the hearts and the minds of your children. The word of God says it very clearly. Above all, Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. In other words, and another translation says, above all else, make it a point to protect your heart and your mind because they determine the course of your life. Never before as a therapist have I seen so many young people ages 11 through 22, that have declared themselves as pansexual, bisexual, lesbian, bicurious, queer, or gay. I'm not kidding. The number of people that I'm seeing now has quadrupled ever since the pandemic. Now, these are people that are suffering from anxiety and depression, which they oftentimes go hand in hand. And so I am, I'm starting to notice that this cultural war, that this emphasis on LGBTQIA2S plus is really impacting many lives. And I'm talking about young men and women that were raised in Christian homes or quote unquote Christian homes. Uh, I'm starting to see this. And so this is a time in which we cannot put our guard down. We need to fight and fight and fight again for the integrity of our children. We have to fight for their souls and their spirits. We cannot let this woke culture take over, dominate, and reshape their minds. You can't. Not for a moment, because that's all you need is just a moment of impression and repetition for it to become a reality in the subconscious mind and eventually rule and reign the life of that individual. Carl Jung, the psychoanalyst, said, and you've probably heard me quote him several times before in other podcast episodes, he said to those who are struggling as adults with things that they have yet to define. He says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it your fate, your destiny. 
And so the programming of the subconscious mind, I, I can't emphasize this enough. The programming of the subconscious mind is of great significance, is pivotal in the development of that individual in the rest of his life. And so when people are in their adult years and they're struggling in relationships, they're struggling with anxiety, with fears, with phobias, with paranoia, you have to always go to the root. The root is there. It is usually childhood issues, childhood traumas, but they're deep dwelling in the subconscious mind and they are alive. And it's not until you're able to pull that out from the subconscious that you can deal with it. So get a head start and start to protect the minds and the hearts of your children. You see, children are gifts that are under a parent's authority, at least for 18 years, the most pivotal years. As they grow into maturity, parents release them back to God. I've always said that the success of a parent is measured by uh, their ability to train their children to become independent from them, but dependent on God. And so once again, you have got, you have got to protect their hearts and their minds. Colossians 2.8 says this, don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies. They're wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of on what Christ has said. Another translation says it this way. Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spirit beings. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in him so you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. It is easier to conform to the ways of the world than to judge everything from a biblical frame of reference. It is easy to succumb to the culture than it is to stand up and fight against it. Keep in mind uh, that this cultural war is subtle. And before you know it, it's too late. The long-term effects are greater than what you expect and what you think. A lot of people are very nonchalant about it, and they kind of sweep it under the rug. They don't talk about it to their children. They just go with the flow. And before you know it, it's taken over like a cancer that has metastasized all over their body. And no chemotherapy, no radiation can undo the effects of it. I know that's a, a quite graphic illustration, but it's true. You can't, or I can't, emphasize this enough. This cultural war is a war of ideas. God's word and the world's current philosophies are polar opposites. And the goal is to capture the next generation. Ken Ham and uh, Greg Hall once wrote, that the enemies of our faith in Christ figured out that the easiest way to have power over the youth was through education. They realized how easy it is to influence a captive audience. I want you to keep this in mind, that between the years of 5 and 18, 5 and 18 years of age, 
a child will spend in church, they'll spend about 750 hours between the ages of five and 18 if they go once a week. If they go twice a week, they will spend 1,500 uh, 1500 hours at church during the uh, 13 year span. But on social media, they will spend 15,000 hours. Let me say it again 15, 000, 15,000 hours in comparison to 1,500 hours at church. And lastly, they will spend 16,000 hours at school. Yes, at school. This is where they spend the most time. Again, eight hours a day. Eight hours a day. Uh, and so, Think about it. Who has the greatest level of influence? The school does, of course. Educators, their mentors, whoever's discipling them, they have the greatest level of influence. And that's why you have to be very selective. You know, Gandhi once said, I will never let anyone with dirty feet walk through my mind. And the same is true about our children. Why would we put them in an environment in which someone is going to tarnish their minds, program their subconscious minds, and that will eventually determine who they will become. I want to I wanna leave you with this because I can go on and on uh, talking about biblical worldview and the cultural war. I want you to understand this very simple concept. If we don't teach our children the truth, someone else will make it a point to teach them a lie. I'll say that again. If you don't focus on teaching the truth, and as, as a believer in Christ, this is my faith. The truth is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father except through Him. So if I dedicate my life and at least, at least the first 18 years of my kid's life to imparting the truth into their lives, then I know that the probability of them straying away from the faith is much more minimal than if I had never shared any truth with them. So if I don't teach the truth, someone else will teach them a lie. At the end of the day, listen, at the end of the day, I'm kind of like the Apostle John. A lot of people are so focused on making sure that their kids end up going to the best colleges, getting the best jobs, living in a nice house, driving a nice car, um, having a good financial status. But I, for one, am of a different belief system. I, as I mentioned, am like the Apostle John who said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in the truth because I have met so many people that have succeeded in their businesses, in education, but yet are shallow, empty, and miserable. So guard the hearts and the minds of the children that God has placed under your leadership and in your hands. And in order to do that, my friend, you must first guard your own. Well, I hope that today's episode has opened your eyes to the importance of guarding your own heart, your own mind, and that of your children. It's a daunting and difficult task, but God, but God will help empower you, 
equip you and give you wisdom so that you can lead your children as God has called you to do so. My friend, God bless you. Fight the good fight. Be vigilant, sober-minded, and put on the full armor of God. Love you guys in Christ. God bless. Bye-bye.